Edna Kimball, Edna Sells, Century 21 Wright Real Estate, and welcome to today's podcast um, episode. And we have a special guest. We have the police chief, Nate King. Hi, Edna. Hi, Green Country. Yes, we're so excited. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Nate that I've not ran by him yet. So <laughs> we did a little Googling and found out some stuff. I mean, which you're, you're a hometown boy, so it's not hard to find. Correct. Born and raised in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And went to NSU, got that. And let's see here, you studied, you actually studied a degree for a bachelor's degree in management. Yes. Right? And then you became, before becoming the police chief, you served as a dispatcher, a patrolman, a dare officer, a detective. You were the officer of the year for three years in a row. That's pretty good. Yes. yes. You were the lead investigator under Sheriff Norman Fisher. And you served as director for the community during for this community sentencing from 2009 from 2009 to 2013. So that's a nice long one. But as a police chief, you have a ton of accolades and accomplishments. Well, I would say the officers have a ton of accolades Aww, and accomplishments. That's um, awesome. You know, it's many days I'm just holding the rudder. <laughs> And, but it's those men and women that we have that really the boots on the ground that get things done. It doesn't matter. One of the things I took from my college experience in management was it doesn't matter how good an idea is if you can't implement it. Oh, yeah. If you don't have buy-in from the people that are going to be carrying it out. And so we're only, we're as good as our officers. We're as bad as our chief. Okay. In a sense. It, it all does start at the top, right? It does. So, yeah, it could roll downhill in a negative way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, tell us, um, I was super excited when I was doing, you know, some research on this. You have, and your officers, have implemented so many new things. Um, everything from the body cam to the e-ticket riders, which I'm not a fan of. <laughs> the e-ticket riders do make it much <laughs> more efficient than riding tickets. So tell us some of the, the ones that you're most excited about and has made a, a big shift for you. Well, you know, I think one of the, the biggest one um, over time that really helped with the transparency, with accountability, all those things was the body cameras. We were the second agency in the entire state to go to mandatory body camera wear. Oh, wow. And the first was Muskogee, Oklahoma. Oh, so two neighboring communities were the first two mandatory. There were departments that had them, but it was voluntary or didn't have to turn them on, but it's mandatory. And I tell you, when we, first, we tested a few cameras and gave them to some veteran officers and they were not happy. Yeah, sure. You know, I the, can't imagine a camera with me. All the time. Years. With everything you say, everything yes, you do, yes. um, but those same officers, once we implemented fully, they didn't want to work unless their body camera was oh, operated. Yeah. Because it, the grand scheme of things, research has shown for years and years, it's like 99.7% of the time police officers get it right. They don't use excessive force. They don't, And so those body cameras in the eight years we've had them, they have actually been adverse to one situation for an officer. Every other situation they've exonerated the officer oh, from a complaint that's come in. That's and funny. so it's one, it's, you know, we have to be an open book in this day and time. 
law enforcement has evolved so much over the last probably five years especially that we have to we have to be on top of our game the training and the training just keeps expanding as far it's not just about being able to lift weights and run fast shoot your gun good now you've you got to be a counselor um, a mom a dad whatever it is every day at work and so it just keeps expanding as far as what's expected and truth be told, somebody's probably videotaping you anyway, right? They really are. <laughs> you know, everyone's got their camera and, and ready to... And those clips only come out the part that benefits yes, someone. Yes, they um, don't show what just happened previous or right. after. One of the things we really changed when I first took office, too, was to be more candid with the media. You know, for decades, law enforcement... You know, you go back to Joe Friday, even yeah. on TV, and it's no comment. Yes. No comment. Well, we're at, a, we're at a media stage now where there are so many media affiliates, outlets, even personal cell phones and Facebook, Twitter, that the story's going to come out. Yes, yeah. And so I felt like getting out, one of the first ones to get information out, helped get correct information to people instead of trying to undo that original story. Right. So whether it's a shooting or whether it's a crash or a termination, uh, we've tried to be open and honest about what's going on. Now, is that why you've implemented your chief, chief chat? Part of that COVID really spurred that along. Okay. Um, you know, my, my wife calls me a social butterfly. I'm, I'm <laughs> always ever and COVID was very tough for me because you didn't have the different the public, venues yeah. to be at. And, and so it was a way to stay connected with the public um in a time of quarantine and it's just the the outpouring of support for that yes. has just been overwhelming yes. everywhere i go people tell, oh i watch you every week on chief chat i love it so much and so it's i and, think that your position can be intimidating to some people whereas if they're seeing you weekly and you're being transparent and you're being just accountable and in front of the community, it makes you more approachable. More yeah. personable, and yeah. that's something I've always tried to just be Nate. Yeah. You know, the, the officers, they don't have to call me chief. I'll answer to just about anything. Um, and I just want to be Nate. You know, when I, the night I was elected, Jeannie Fisher, Norman Fisher's wife, my great aunt, told me, don't you ever forget where you came from before you got this position. That humility. Humble. You know, I had a childhood that that preached humility. My my mom and dad were both very strict and very hard on me and and expected better all the time. And so you learn humility and it's important. When you get that badge and gun, whoo that that power that comes with that of being able to take somebody's freedom is mm -hmm. it, it's you know, power's a hard thing yeah. to deal with and so you have to learn too and most officers, I was one of them, you know, that's first five years, you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof and yeah. end up, and as you work, you tend to mellow out and kind of circle back around to humility. Yeah. And so we just, you know, we're part of this community as well. I've lived here my entire life in and around Tahlequah and my kids go to school here, my nieces and nephews, and I coach T-ball on the weekends and the majority of our officers are the same way. They're, they're hometown guys and, yeah. and, and girls. Men and women, guys and girls is too casual. But and so their kids are in the schools, their kids are in sports programs, their families are here, and so we truly care about the safety of Tahlequah. Yeah, yeah, and it really shows. And again, I think just being out in the community and and being accessible is what makes it work. It, so, it does. Yeah. Yes. So Tahlequah's had some changes. Tahlequah has changed a lot. A you lot know, of growth. A lot of growth, still growing. Yeah. Um, and 
I have no clue how many people are inside the city limits during the work day. Right. Every, right. You know, we're, we're a population of 17,000, but that does not even touch. Correct. We grow tremendously during yeah. the daytime. I think we had 17,000 just at the Whataburger opening. What do you think? <laughs> I, I, I think, no, I think we had about 73,000. Oh, 73,000. Uh, yes. And I talked to almost every one of them at Whataburger on you, the grand you were opening out day. There. And 16 yes. hours that first day directing oh, my traffic. Goodness. Yes, well, I, I appreciate it because I live on that side of town and, uh, you know, I have some shortcuts, but I, I forget because your car just kind of takes you. And then I was like, oh my goodness. So, yes. Yeah. So, other than the Whataburger grand opening, what other challenges have you guys had recently? Well, you know, our, the, and it's not just in Tahlequah, it's throughout Oklahoma, throughout the nation, but our rise in the number of unhoused or those experiencing uh, homelessness. Yes. Yeah. is probably the biggest and most frustrating challenge that we've seen probably in my entire 22 years in law enforcement. Um, and it's uh, connecting people with resources that want to be connected with resources. Um, and it's something that probably more man hours each day are spent dealing with collateral issues related to the unhoused. And it's not the entire population. It's like most organizations. 15% of our unhoused are causing us 85% of the problems that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's Same way with any board or... Anything. <laughs> yes. 15% of the population commits 85% of the crimes, roughly. Yeah. Um, and so... Well, I, it's been a few years, but I heard you speak with the, um, the Homeless Coalition mm -hmm. and something that I guess I knew, but I had not really internalized or, or taken it, you know, for, for specifics. You were talking about connecting them with the right people because a lot of them are not unhoused from choice and it was they you know there was a fire and they lost their their um, birth certificate so they can't get a driver's license so they can't get a job so they can't you know and, and i was like it made my wheels really start turning it's that hamster wheel that yes. undertow they get stuck in the undertow yeah, to where yeah. and just not having a roof over your head not having not being able to take a shower brush your teeth i mean to go to a job interview it just right. those and one of the things from community sentencing was i administered assessments back then and there you know six major categories you look at for somebody to be high risk of committing crimes education, employment, friends, your home life, things like that are all, and so when you start taking those away, those holes in a safety net, then it's it's harder for people to to get the help they need or to get yeah. back on their feet. Yeah, yeah. But you've got a lot of programs that you're working toward and working with. We do. We still have Home for the Holidays. We had the you know, community came together, donated a lot of money for us to be able to buy bus tickets for people that find themselves stuck in Tahlequah and can't get back home which is a common occurrence. We've bought nine bus tickets in the last two months oh, wow. to get help get people back to their families. Okay, so they're traveling cross country, the car breaks down, mm -hmm. they have no, yeah, that yes. type of situation. Okay, I'm sure it's not that simple, but I, I, get, the, yes. I get the gist of it. They get stuck in, they come here to take care of funeral arrangements for their for their family of some kind, and then they get stuck in Tahlequah and yeah. can't get back. Yeah. So because we're having such growth in our market, you know, lots of new industry, which we're thrilled about in the real estate. <laughs> and lots of new housing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, what does that look like for the growth of your department? Well, 
bottom line of the city budget is what controls that. Um, you know, I think right now we may be on the bottom end, but I still think we're fairly adequately staffed for a town of our size. Okay. Um, for the crime rate of our town even. Um, you know, last year we responded to 37,000 calls for service in the city limits of Tahlequah. Wow. Um, filed 1,400 criminal cases, conducted about 16,000 building checks, about 12,000 traffic stops. And so it's a it's something that, you know, the police department, when I started in 99, after about midnight, there weren't very many cars out. There yeah. weren't very many places <laughs> open, and now Tahlequah never shuts down. Yeah. Um, we've recently edited or started a new schedule, which provides more time at home for the officers, but it also provides more officers on the street day in and day out for the citizens, which I've been really thankful for. Our officers now work a four-day work week. They work two eight-hour shifts and two 12-hour shifts. And so for years and years, our minimum staffing standard was four officers. You'd, there'd be four officers working at any given time in Tahlequah, and now that's six. We have six that are on duty and working 24 hours a day. So, I love, though, that you've been able to give them more downtime because that helps solve some of their problems because it's a very, I can just imagine, predominant shift work. <laughs> um, you know, and another thing up until this schedule, there are five people. In patrol that would have weekends off out of 24 people. Oh gosh. Or now we have 12 out of 24 that have weekends off. Right. You know, I went 17 years of missing birthday parties, Christmas morning if, you know, if the right crime happened. Yeah. You went to work, but birthdays, anniversaries, ball games, whatever it was. And so an extra 52 days off a year really helps, I think, the mental health side for officers, the family side for officers. That work home balance is is very important and the older I get the more <laughs> I appreciate more that yeah, yes yeah, and absolutely. so we're just trying to trying to allow people to be home more because I think they're gonna be better officers when they're here yeah, yeah the more rested they are the more the happier they are at home well just more patience and mm -hmm. and able to process a situation quicker right. and faster and um, at the beginning of our conversation you mentioned education for the officers, I love that. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, just that some of the training requirements are not even so much the requirements, but what's really needed to be an effective officer. Um, it, outside of how to handcuff someone, how to make a traffic stop, but those, you know, law enforcement is 85% PR. Oh yeah. Customer service. It's 85% customer service, yeah. and so if you can't talk to people, our, our greatest, our greatest <laughs> weapon, our greatest asset or our mouths, yes. or our communication skills of being able to talk to people. Um, because many, many times we're dealing with somebody at the worst day of their life right there. Uh, yeah. and, or we're trying to fix a problem that's been brewing for 15 years in 15 minutes. <laughs> and so um, those officers being able to communicate effectively, have compassion, and yet still do their job. The trickiest part about law enforcement is doing all that and also still being prepared to use deadly force in oh, the blink of an eye yeah. to have to switch gears like that. I mean, it's easy just to walk around and be mean all the time or be nice all the time, yeah. but it's difficult to walk around being nice, ready to be mean at the drop of a hat. Yeah, to cover all that. It's a challenge for sure. And so it takes a lot of mental and physical preparation. 
Okay. Well, and that's, you know, I think one of the big things for me is I love that you've basically, because I'm looking here at your bio, you've done all of the jobs, even the starting with the dispatcher and then worked your way up. Yes. So that's pretty impressive. From the bottom up. And, you know, we have quite a few officers at the police department that started out in dispatch. That was one of Norman Fisher's things. If, okay. if you wanted your foot in the door, you started out dispatching. And I really think, and it's not that people aren't good officers if they haven't, but it really makes an officer a more rounded officer if you've spent time in dispatch and, yeah. under, and understand what that dispatcher is going through. The compassion that you have, but the inability to do anything about it, you know, so that would, that would change your shift when you're the one in the field. Right. So, okay. Well, we're, we're excited that, you know, you're continuing to push the envelope in the growth for Tahlequah and what you're bringing to the department because it makes us all feel much, much safer here in Tahlequah. I'm a, I'm a small town girl, originally from Vianne, chose Tahlequah, and now I'm seeing it just kind of explode. Yes. And I, I love more like controlled growth, mm -hmm. you know, and I that's what I'm seeing with you guys is you're trying to stay up and stay ahead. Have to adapt to the needs of our community. Yeah. Um, you will be starting next month. We're going to start a special emphasis team within the police department, which will be made up of about seven patrolmen um, that will about eight hours a month. They will work some sort of special shift, whether it's traffic enforcement, you know, stoplight enforcement um, or working narcotics, working the walking trail, the parks, yes. things like that. And so looking forward to being able to really infuse, saturate a problem with seven officers that are dedicated, even though it's just one day, but to be able to, yeah. that's all I have to focus on. And are we going to see any bicycles around yes we have we have bike, we have bike patrol and that's bike one, patrol. One, okay. one of the requirements for those officers on the special emphasis they'll all have to end up being bike patrol certified they'll be drone pilots oh, and so drones. yes okay. we added drones last year to the police department um, I did not know that. is that for like crowds and we used it at the christmas parade just to monitor for safety we use it when someone runs away from us oh Instead of having instead of having to just chase them, we set up a perimeter and fly the drone. It's got an infrared camera on it, and so we can really reduces our risk of on-duty injury for officers. Because every time we chase somebody or fight somebody, odds are I don't think I've ever been in a foot pursuit in 22 years that I didn't fall down at least once chasing somebody. And so the odds of of being injured really go up when you chase or fight somebody, and so it eliminates some of those hands-on events for police yeah. officers. There's been a lot happened in the, in the last, I've just celebrated my 10th anniversary as chief of police. I've been the chief for a decade. Gosh, has it been that It long? has been 10 years. That's what I said when wow. I, I happened to, I spoke at a, at the Republican monthly meeting this week and they had, I was reading my bio they put in there. I was like, May 6th to, I've been chief 10 years. That's incredible. So what's next then? Still being chief. I, it is the most satisfying and challenging job that I've ever held um, and you know one of the reasons I ran 10 years ago was because I wanted to raise the bar for the Tahlequah Police Department. Mm -hmm. Raise those expectations and and give back to the community because this is a town I was born in, town I'll die in more than likely. Mm -hmm. I, I love Tahlequah, um, I love the people and I, we're just so blessed to live in the community we have and Truly, we, really, we really are. you know, yeah. we've been challenged the last couple of years. We've been shorthanded. We've been understaffed as far as vacancies go. 
it's it hadn't been a good time in law enforcement to recruit new employees but right now we're full staff the last four or five we hired are are simply they're rock stars oh, um great. very happy with them and we just from top to bottom uh, have qualified compassionate human beings working for us we actually right now have more women police officers working for the police department than in the history of Tallahassee. oh that's we have, awesome we have four we have four women employed as police officers um have another four employed as dispatchers so they're moving up then very excited to you know have a more diverse police department because to serve your community you've got to represent your community fully yeah and so yeah having that diversity i think is super important and that's one of the things i love about our college town oh yes we're a very diverse town we are. so i would never not live in a college town i think so well it sounds like you've got so many hats that you're wearing and so many irons in the fire and all of those other analogies so we're thrilled that you were able to make time to come out and join us today oh, now obviously you know it's a real estate podcast so i'm going to flip it to a real estate question real quick okay. um if money was no object what three things would you want your dream home to have three things my dream home to have an outdoor kitchen okay Okay. And are you the, the barbecue guy? Oh, yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes. An outdoor kitchen, a fire ring okay. in the backyard. Okay, a little bit of a pyro here. <laughs> and an in-ground pool. Okay, well, those are not crazy. Those not are crazy. Pretty, okay, yep, those pretty are pretty standard. Yes, pretty okay, standard. good, good, good. Well, the theater room would be nice, too. Okay, but I mean, while we're at it. While right? we're at and it. I mean, no yes. object. We might as well make it. So so you're kind of a homebody, it sounds like. I am. Yes. I, I, in between. And because not only am I the chief of police, I'm also the pastor at Welling General Baptist Church. I did not know that. Yes, been pastor there for about five years as well. Really? And so, and with small children at home, coaching T-ball, when I get a chance to be at home, I like to be at home. Gotcha. We run a lot. And so I enjoy my, I, I enjoy in fact, my wife and I last night, and neither one of us got home till after eight. I said, well, kids go to bed, we're sitting on the front porch, and we're going to rock in the rocking chairs for a while just to slow the day down. <laughs> yeah, that's so, necessary. So. Yes. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a homebody. That's what we love. So, well, we're super excited that Nate was able to come out. And see, I even call you Nate because I feel like we all feel like we know I'm you. you know? I'm Nate. It's just Nate. Yes. Chief Nate. Okay. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time, and we really appreciate what you've done for Tahlequah and what you continue to do. I think it's so important that we feel secure and protected so well it take thank you edna but it takes a community it's uh, you know yeah. without the community support without the officers we have it's not possible it takes all of us Love we it. just happen to wear the badge and gun oh well thank you so much everyone thank you for watching this episode on how to real estate we're going to uh, put a link below for his chief chat because if you haven't been watching it you really need to it's a great way to just kind of be caught up you try to do those every try to do them every monday every monday mm -hmm. okay but we're it, just about to start a youtube channel and so then they'll be shared great. even to the city website perfect and other media out other social media outlets yeah and you can turn on the notifications so when he is on it'll notify you that's what i do um and please like follow and share this episode so other people can find chief nate and as always, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast or you know of someone you would like to see, please reach out. We'd appreciate it. And thank you so much for watching.